Okay, improve it, fam. Feel like today is your lucky day because I feel like it was mine. This show is going to go down in the books because we're going to change history. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. We're going to change history of the Improve It podcast, number one, with this guest. Now, just so you know, Christo and I met, I was a guest on his show, and his show was fantastic. It's called The Future. If you have not checked out The Future on iTunes or anywhere you listen to pods, check it out. Crushing the podcast and media game, digital media, all things content creation. Christo is your guy. So, Chris is the founder of two seven figure businesses, the first of which is Blind, an Emmy award winning motion design studio, which he ran for over two decades. But then in 2014, at 42, He reluctantly made his first YouTube video, which altered the trajectory of his life and his career. And a few years later, The Future, which is his beloved education company with millions of fans from all over the world, is now where he spends most of his time. And he dedicates his life to the mission of teaching one billion people how to make a living doing what they love. I cannot tell you how blown away I was in this episode. And I mean that. First of all, I love that I get to sit here and talk to a brilliant mind like Chris Doe. He blew me away with his interview skills on his his show. So we'll link to the episode of his show that I was on so you can hear that because he's a fantastic interviewer. But Chris identifies as a loud introvert and tells us about valuing ourselves. And if we can do that, then we can communicate that value to others. And that is the logline of Chris Doe's life. He is truly a remarkable, remarkable human being. He calls me out on this show and and he loves it. We've got a, a real funny little joke going between him and I, but you'll see he calls me out a couple times. We also have some work to do and prove it, fam. So listen for that. You'll hear that in the show. And... His stories of overcoming limiting beliefs and stepping into your superpower, seeing obstacles as opportunities, and you know I love this lens of failure. Yeah. Oh my God, he blew my mind, truly. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you listen to the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Doe. Are you a leader or change maker inside of your business, organization, or corporation? Are you looking for new, innovative ways to drive morale through the roof? Are you looking for fun and exciting icebreakers, team building exercises, and activities that will foster team growth, friendships, loyalty, and completely transform your organization from the inside out? Have you been searching for a fun and unique way to create change instead of the same old dry, boring leadership books and icebreakers that aren't actually working? Hi, I'm Erin Deal, business improv edutainer, fail fluencer, and professional Zoom who is ready to help you improve it. My mission in life is to help you develop teams and leaders through play, improv, and experiential learning. In this podcast, we will deep dive into professional development, team building, effective communication, networking, presentation skills, leadership training, how to think more quickly on your feet, and everything in between. We have helped everyone from Fortune 500 companies to small mom and pop shops transform their business, their leadership, and their people through play. So grab your chicken hat. We are about to have some fun. Welcome to Improve It, the podcast. Oh, You're already laughing. Chris Doe, welcome to the Improve It podcast. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Do I have to sing it back to you? Please. Can you? No, you don't have to. You don't have to. Chris, this is a joy. I'm so happy to have you on our show. And I got to know you in our fun interview on your show, The Future. So we'll link, we'll link to that episode here. But I I feel like the Improve It fam doesn't even know what's coming right now Uh oh (laughs) (laughs) 
You're supposed to under-promise and then over-deliver. You're right. You're right. Um, well, okay. This is going to this be the worst suck. episode. Yeah. Stop listening. <laughs> you, you stop listening. Leave now. <laughs> hit pause. Hit pause. Run for the hills. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I've already given them the inside scoop. They know that you are an all-star in all things. However, I want to play a fun game with you that okay. is an improv-based game that we do in our workshops. It's called Five Facts. This is to get to know Chris. Okay, so it has a little ditty that goes with it. And I'll do the ditty. And then after the ditty, I just want to say ditty one more time. After the ditty, I want you to just tell us five facts about you that we couldn't find. You are everywhere. So not we can't Google and find this. We can't hear it in one of your talks. In one of your awesome courses, we these are five hidden facts. These are exclusives to the Improve It podcast, Chris. Facts about Chris. Okay, you can do a little ditty about Jack and Diane. <laughs> okay, I'm really going to talk to you after this about facilitating one of our workshops. I really feel like you're you're going to be an improviser by the end of this show. It's happening. Okay, here we go. It goes like this: five facts, five facts, five facts, five facts, five facts. Fact one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to this ditty. You just said one word like a hundred times. <laughs> Two words. Five None facts. of them rhyme. Five facts. Five <laughs> well, on your show, oh I God, dropped we gotta work all, on this. Uh, well, on your show, I dropped all the rhymes I had in my toolkit. So I, there's no rhyming. This is the ditty. Let me, let me, the, the setup on that was tremendous. I'm going to do a little ditty. Five facts. Five facts are facts are facts. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Here, I'm going <laughs> to... And you... Okay. Should I do it yeah, one more time? Has anybody called you out on that? Has anybody called no, you out on that? No. And I needed that. You know what? That was my... That was one roast of many because we talked about... Right. Okay, Chris, before we hit record, Chris told me that he wants to go back and potentially be a comedian, right? This is happening. So we're going to make, this is, he's like, I like roasting. And I was like, improv is about support, but we need to roast. We needed a roast and that was my start. That was my my roasted start. But let me do it one more time just for fun because it's not. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so special. We have to like everybody, in case you missed it. <laughs> okay, here it is. One more time. Exclusive. Five facts. Five facts, five facts, five facts, five facts. Chris. I'm straight edge. Ooh. I've never drank. I've never smoked. I have never touched any drug. And it's debatable. I've never even sworn. What? Yeah. Wow. So I'm straight okay. edge. I'm really boring like that. No, and you have you have very clear water. There is no fruit in your water either. We talked about this as well. So I like that. Straight edge. Straight edge. Okay, two. All of our birthdays, my wife and my two boys, end in the number three. 13, three, 23. So it makes it a little bit easier for me to remember birthdays. That's amazing. So not a lot of people know that. That's a fun fact. Okay. What's number three? No pun intended of the threes. So number three is my oldest son. His name is Otto. And my wife and I, before he was born, were kind of having a complete meltdown because we didn't know what to call him. But we're both graphic designers. So we designed the logo of his name first to make sure it would work. So it's a panindrome. I think it's called a panindrome where it's spelt the same forward and backwards. I designed a couple logos and she said, this will work. And that's what we did. Now, fun fact number two, as an addition to that, that that was so stressful for us that the next child is like, we'll just call him whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we put all the energy the first name. His name is Matias, but yeah. Oh, those are cute. Yeah. Matias. I love that. Auto okay, fifth, give me fifth back. Give me five. Okay. I have a very sensitive stomach. I tell people I'm like the, the canary in the food coal mine. If something is slightly off, something's been out for like two seconds too long, it's going to run right through my body. Uh. So usually if I eat food and I'm having some symptoms, I just want everybody, eh, it's going to go bad. I'm just, yeah. just one of you. But my stomach is so sensitive that usually they're okay, but I'm the one in the bathroom. Oh, God. I'm. You know what? Fun fact I'm going to throw in. I'm going to yes and that. I'm the same way. And I'm also like, I can you eat food that's been 
sitting out all day, like at a buffet. Like I'm not a buffet. Like if there's been a brunch, oh, you know, and it's been sitting out way too long. I'm not if it, and that's I don't eat meat by the way for that reason because I feel like who knows how long this meat has been sitting out. Right. So I'm hmm. I'm with you on this, Chris. I'm with you. Well, you're probably eating at the wrong buffets. You're right. The food's not supposed to be out for that long. Oh. There's supposed to be a steady stream of people consuming the food while people are preparing the food. So if you're going to one of those $8 buffets, you're probably in trouble. I know, like in Vegas. I need to stop going to Vegas. You got to go kidding. to the high-end hotels. <laughs> <laughs> I just get it. But yeah. I will tell you, I like if, if I'm at a friend's brunch and I'm like, okay, I got here an hour later, I'm not, I'm just like, mm, unless it's bread or something, I'm very cautious as well. Hmm. I am cautious. It's probably the secret to your um, thin frame there. Oh, bless up. Now, you know what that is? It's called stress. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Body by stress. Body by stress. Body by stress. I like that we've already talked about stress. And maybe did you, because on your show, Chris, we talked a lot about armpit sweat. We're not sweaty here yet. Things haven't happened. But I will say, I want to take this opportunity to dive into what I want you here for. I want you to talk to our amazing, we call them the Improve It fam, about valuing you and communicating that. You have done so many amazing things in your career. So let me ask you this. You call yourself a loud introvert, which is one of my favorite things ever. Tell tell the Improve It fam what you mean by loud introvert. Sure. I only do that as a preemptive measure. I, I, I want to tell you why. Okay. So I'm an in- introvert. I'm shy. I'm socially awkward. I'm all those kinds of things. I tell people I want to make my content game just so on point. I don't have to actually develop social skills. <laughs> just putting that out there. Okay. Because if you create enough good content, someone will tap you on the shoulder. Someone will scream across the street. Hey, Chris Doe. And I won't have to figure out how to begin a conversation with someone. So this is what I'm working on. I'm just, I'm starting to reap the benefits of this. So I'll go to an event, a conference, a function. I'll just stand there, just kind of looking around. I'll wear things so people know it's me, you know, just to make sure consistently I look a certain way, part of my personal brand. And then people will say, hey, oh my God, I watched your video. Thank you so much. Or I listened to your podcast. I was running. Some people say, my wife and I sleep with you. I'm like, that's a strange way to say it, but I get it. But fall I asleep it. to the podcast or to YouTube or whatever. And so when I was um, teaching um, at Art Center, my students would say, and because I'm pretty wild in the classroom, because for me, that's very safe space. They specifically have chosen me. I'm, an, I'm not like a required class. It's an elective. And there's only a handful of people. So they made this decision. So I know they're there for me. And we're locked together for five hours. Yeah. So I'm not really concerned. And so they're like, Chris, there's no way you can be an introvert because you're just too high energy right now. I'm like, I understand you think that. And then one day, one of my TAs, she actually saw me outside the classroom and she saw me rehearsing and preparing for a speech. And then hand over mouth, she's like, oh my God, you are so weird. I see, I told you. I'm all in my head about this. You think this is an act? I'm not trying to get your introvert pity points here. This is a real deal. So I have to explain to people because they see me on YouTube and you know, you have to show up. You really do. If you're going to make content for people to consume, you can't show up like, oh yeah, oh, I don't know what to talk about and I hope you don't see me. <laughs> you, you have to like bring some energy. And so there's that part. And so I have to explain to people I'm a loud introvert. So they're like, oh, 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 I, I'm loud with the media parts. Still an introvert. Oh my God. I love it. I'm so glad I asked that question because I've, I've wondered it. And you know, what's so funny is everything you do with your branding, your personal brand, it just, those two words are perfectly descriptive to describe you in my, in my opinion. I think, I think what you think is weird is awesome. And I also think it's awesome that you call attention to it because I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards you. They're like, wow, okay, he, I'm introverted too. He's doing this and I can make a splash in this way. He's doing it his own way. So I think it's really inspirational. I really do. So k- kudos, kudos. I, I want to throw something out to the Improve It fam. I think first Yay. we need a new name. 
because it's already okay. called the Improve It Podcast. We need to call them the improvisers or some some weird, you know, mashup. So it's like, yeah, we can self-identify. But we'll I'm I'm having lunch at a cafe at a conference I'm speaking at, and in walks this tall British guy. His name is Tom Ross. And he goes, Chris, you you mind if I sit with you? I'm like, no. So we're sitting, we're talking. And he goes, I think there are three versions of you. And he's like, if I may be so bold. And he says this with a perfect English accent, so he can insult me and I wouldn't even know it. He says, <laughs> there's the YouTube video version of you. There's the on-stage version of you. And then there's the Chris sitting in a cafe version. And he was totally right. And for me, especially, I think there's intention and appropriateness. And so, you, you, you'll dial it up at a kid's birthday party. You'll dial it down if you're meeting a dignitary from a foreign country. And for me, that's what I have to do. So, for YouTube, I, I'm not talking to anybody. There's literally nobody there, just a piece of glass. And you know this. And it can be very awkward and weird to speak to a piece of glass. It's the weirdest thing ever because you're getting nothing back. Uh, a psychologist friend of mine, she said it's called feeling dysregulated. Mm. So, when we talk to people and they don't show any emotion back to us, we're like, uh, are you hearing? Am I being weird? Is this confusing? Are you angry at me? And this is what happens when we do public speaking. Now, we're taught, generally speaking, or socialized to listen quietly, attentively to whoever's up on the stage. And so, as, at times, you can hear someone coughing, <coughs> like way in the back. And it's very unnerving for us. We feel dysregulated. It's why people have a fear of public speaking. If you translate that same feeling when you're speaking to the camera, it's the same. It's only you and you get no feedback. So, I have to pretend when I say this. That you actually, when you're not there, think it's funny that you're actually enjoying this. So, I have to like put more energy into the screen. So, I used to begin our show like, what is up, everybody? So happy to see you. It's Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> and that's like as much energy as I've got. That's it. So, you, okay. This is so interesting. Well, first of all, I love, we're going to workshop what we're going to call the Improve It Fam. So, we're, we're going to come back to that. Yes, okay. Please. Yes. Okay. And then two, I also think anyone who has a British accent, they can insult me all day long. So, I want you to roast me today in a British accent. And then number three, um, I do just think this is so odd. Like, this is something that I think a lot of people who speak and put themselves out there for a living really struggle with is when I mean, Chris, we now, I would say we know each other, okay? And I would say we're friends. I still give this to my friends, right? But it's a different, it's a different, my brother's like, why don't you tell poop jokes on your podcast? And I was like, because my soon to be called different name and prove it family, they don't want to hear poop jokes. And so I'm like, there's different levels of energy that we eat, that we bring. And it's also about reading the audience, but also reading our own energy and knowing what energy we need to bring where. I could talk for hours about energy. I love energy talk because I think the, it's bringing a version of ourself, but it's also bringing the awareness to who we're talking to. And so not dialing yourself down or dialing yourself up, it's really okay, what does the person I'm talking to need? What did they need to receive, right? And I think that's so important because you figured out a way to do that and master that with the work you've done. And this is something I really love. You have a mission to make 1 billion people make a living doing what they love. So I have so many questions on this, like from how do you calculate? Is there a spreadsheet to... What made you decide this is your mission? Okay. I can see how this podcast is going to go because <laughs> we're just yeah. two, two commas into my bio. <laughs> yeah. This is, we're 15 minutes in and we're just getting to know you. But I want, why, why 1 billion? Okay. There, there's a whole story behind this, this mission to teach a billion people how to make a living doing what they love. I'm I'm standing in the conference room with my management team and we're transitioning from being a service company to an education company and they're confused because for many of them, they've never done something for the sake of just doing it completely self-directed. It's always been, here's a creative brief. Here's what the marketing people say. This is what we need to do. So, they're a little confused. So, one of my guys, he raises his hand and says, 
So are we trying to, to grow subscribers? Are we trying to make money? Are we trying to launch a bunch of products? What are we trying to do? And he caught me a little bit off guard. And it took me a minute and I said, hey, look, here's the thing. My kids are too old. But Ben's, like there's a guy named Ben, he's sitting right there and he has a little daughter. I said, when his daughter turns 18, if we're successful, she'll have options. She can go to art school or she can just go to the school of the future, which is our thing. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make it so that she doesn't have to go to school and deal with crippling debt. And I saw the reaction from Ben, who hadn't really looked at it like this, because, you know, we're always looking outward about what we're going to make. We're going to hit our numbers, forecast, projections, all that kind of stuff, P&L. And then I made it really personal for him, and he got teary-eyed. And that night I went home, I'm like, that's a long story to tell people. It's too much story. And I'm all about this, and as you are too, condense the message, make it memorable, make it repeatable. And so I just thinking that I go to sleep and the next morning I wake up and I have this line and I and I send it to Ben and Ben gets so excited. He's like, This is it, Chris. And the first draft of the line was to help a billion people make money doing what they love. But not everybody wants to make money. So that's why we changed it to make a living. So you can define it the way that you want. Plus, there's nice alliteration in there making a living doing what you love. And and that's why I put that out there. Is it measurable? Here's the next story. Some of our fans are like, Chris, uh, how will you know? I'm sure you're going to get there, but how will you know? Well, I don't know. It's just a big idea. I mean, there are not even 8 billion people on the planet. So that means one in eight people will have to be directly or indirectly affected by the content we produce. How do we, how do we figure this out? So he gave me this idea. He's like, you should have a counter. I'm like, what? Where we can claim our number, like McDonald's, like 8 billion served, right? Yeah. And so I had Ben work on some code and now you can go onto our website and you can say, I'm one of eight or I'm one of a billion and you get a very unique number. I saw that. So that's how we count officially. And so it just slowly ticks up. What is your number now? I don't know. It's in the 20,000 range, I think. But I don't just count that number because... If you look at the minutes watch or the hours watch on our YouTube channel, something we've been doing for the last eight years, that number is staggeringly high. We have over, we have almost 2 million subscribers. I have uh, over 800,000 followers on Instagram. So I would start to put those numbers together. The number is not that important to me. It's more about the impact that you want to make. This fills me with purpose. It's what draws me. It pulls me out of bed and compels me to do what I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sometimes, you know, I like to sing sometimes. Chris, honestly, sometimes you're like, sometimes, Aaron. Um, okay. This is so cool to hear straight from you because everywhere you look, your marketing is so perfectly crafted in this way. You know, like every, you're allowed at introvert. You have a mission to make one, pe- one billion people make a living. I like that alliteration. Yeah. And now, like you just said, you have hundreds upon thousands of followers. I was on your podcast. I have had the most outreach from being on your show that I've had after guesting on so many shows. People value you because you put so much value into valuing yourself first, and then you communicate that. You teach people how to do that. So let me ask you this question and I'm, I, you know, maybe this is still happening, but limiting beliefs are a huge topic in the people that we talk to on this show, the people that serve people. I myself have limiting beliefs. There's some days I'm like, what are you doing talking on that microphone? There's some days when I step on stage and I'm like, there's like a little voice down there that's like, you don't belong here. And then I shove it. Right. And I figured out ways to mitigate that. But was there ever a time in, in the eight years that you've been growing this company and this brand that you had limiting beliefs? So, and, and then what did you do to say, shut up? Mm. So the last eight years, rather than for me to point out the times in which I doubted myself, it's easier for me to, to tell you about the times in which I didn't doubt myself because okay. the okay. times in which you doubt yourself are really massive, right? They, they really are. So. I didn't even want to make YouTube videos. Let's just start there. And it was my friend, Jose Caballé, who was like, Chris, I, I know you don't want to do this because I'm like, Jose, I'm a behind the camera talent. I'm not in front of camera. I've made commercials and music videos. I direct talent. This is not my thing. 
Plus, I don't want to alienate all our clients. I'm liable to say something silly and trying to get a laugh. And then it's forever, man. It's on the internet. I have a business running. People count on me to be a good role model or leader for their com- for the company. I can't just do this. And he he gave me the most generous offer ever, which is, I understand. Because he's a, a loud extrovert. He's like, why don't you just sit there? And you don't have to say anything at all until you feel comfortable enough to say something. But I know you have valuable things to say. And with that, I'm, like, I'm out of excuses now, Aaron, because I could just sit there and do literally nothing. And that's kind of what I did. I was so nervous and so uptight and self-conscious that I couldn't even introduce myself. I can't even say my own name. So he has to introduce me for I for me. It's kind of really weird. And I'm just sitting there, jaw clenched. And eventually I say a few words and you could see it. Like my mouth barely opens when I'm talking. And it's so awkward and weird. But that very generous offer set me on a path and a trajectory that led me to this moment me talking to you, recording podcasts, stepping up on stage. And I I just feel like everybody needs someone like that in their life, a Jose in their life, who's going to support you unconditionally and provide you with the tools that you need so that you can discover your own voice. And so, we're all walking around with different levels of imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs. And I've done some research into this. I read books on this to try to figure out myself because I know if I can figure it out for me, I can help other people. And what I found is there's a book called uh, Conquering Your Critical Inner Voice by Dr. Firestone. And the, the Firestones are two doctors. They are pioneering this thing called voice therapy. And the voice therapy is not what you say, but the inner voice, your self-talk. And they have several observations from their many decades of studying people in their practice. And it's, it comes down to this thing. We parent ourselves the way we were parented. So, quite literally, the people we depended on for survival, for food, for protection, for shelter, what they did was they consciously or unconsciously downloaded an operating system to us that we still carry on today. And it was designed mostly to protect us. So, they warned us about all kinds of things. Like a simple thing is like, uh, don't talk to strangers. Why, why, why wouldn't I talk to strangers? Uh, because they're predators out there. They're people to take advantage of you. And so, we develop distrust in people who are just genuine. Our, our standard default way of looking at the world is to be suspicious of people. Well, you can carry this on for the rest of your life and never have genuine relationships with people who actually are trying to help you, who, who want to support you. And so, it's, that's just one of the most innocent things that parents will say, right? And there's good reason why they say that. But there needs to be a lot more explanation, dialogue around that. So, for me, I'm an introvert. And if you add on top of that, don't talk to strangers and don't take anything from anybody. And it's like, well, what I, am I meant to be alone for all of my life, my personal and professional life? So, those are the kinds of limiting beliefs that we're talking about. And once you start to examine them and ask yourself, why do I believe what I believe? Where does this come from? And if I had to assign it to someone in my life when I, I, my, my mind is still formative, was it um, my mom, my dad, an, an older sibling, a coach, a teacher? And what do they know about this subject? And is this even relevant today? What data do I have that supports this? And then we kind of examine that and make a decision. Do I want to keep this? Has it served me? Will it continue to serve me? If not, it's time for me to package it up, thank it, and send it on its way. Wow. Yes. Okay. Conquering your inner, your critical inner voice. We're going to link to that book in the show notes. That is some deep stuff right there. And I'm, I, um, I truly believe that. I th- we had a woman on the show. Her name is Dr. Um, not Dr. She's Rajkumari Nioji. And she talks about epigenetics and epigenetics and neuroscience and how that sh- affects how we show up at work. All of this to say that I do deeply believe that it's deep rooted in the voice that we 
we grew up with. I, I agree with this wholeheartedly. I know you have two boys. I have a two and a half year old. And I literally think about the way that I talk to him. And I, I saw this as a quote somewhere recently. It's as simple as saying something like, instead of saying, I'm so proud of you, saying you should be proud of yourself. Reframing it so instead of him trying to people please, like I'm so proud of you, he's internalizing like, I should be proud of myself, right? Like I did a good thing. I'm not doing this thing to please you. I'm doing this thing to please myself and because I believe in myself. And I think that, you know, that personal growth that you're on has really led you to this really great voice that you're able to share today. How freaking cool is that? That is cool. And I, I love that when you when you take in knowledge, Chris, this is something that I heard you say, you take in knowledge so that you can understand and process, but then you can teach it. And I think that's cool. That is, that is, I think, part of your why and part of this 1 billion people to make a living doing what they love is you are continuously, you're a lifelong learner. You're trying to help learn so that you can process and you can teach others, which I think is cool and the root of why you're so good at what you do. So I have a fun little activity. It does not have a ditty. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm gonna okay. I'm just gonna spoil it. No ditty. No ditty. But it's it's no ditty, but it's called superhero. Okay. And we use this activity in a lot of our work because it helps people use storytelling to essentially become their best self. So how it works is we ask our participants, so I'm going to ask you to come up with any superhero power, give that superhero a name, and tell us what that power is. So, for example, let's say my superhero, I, I want to be a superhero that automatically can create calm. So I'm going to name her, keep it calm, Kathy, okay? And I've got a cape. And anytime I flash this cape, I can automatically become more zen, more present, more focused, and less stressed. So if you could have any superhero power, what would it be and what would you name it? Okay, this this question plays into my obsession with comic books. Great. So I'm right there with you. Now, the problem here is too many options, right? Too many options. You got it. You got to go mm to hmm. That's, nobody yes, can that's see what right. my hands did. They went out to end. We got to narrow it in. So what, what would you, if you could pick one, like what comes to mind first? I'm kind of designing the character in my mind. Character is kind of like Rorschach from The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you can't see his identity. But it's more reflective. So I'm wearing a fedora, probably a cool trench coat and like a mirrored face. So that's what I would look like. And what I would do is I would show you how other people see you. (gasps) And when people see themselves for how other people see them, they're overcome with self-acceptance. And I think if we could just do this more for people, there would be less anxiety, less stress, less frustration, less depression, uh, less people pleasing. And I, I think it's it's a very healing power uh, because I think there's this thing, I'm not like a big um, therapy, psychotherapy, psychology person, but I think Carl Jung talks about this. There's a side to us that we just dislike so much. I think he refers to, to it as the shadow self. And so we're constantly trying to hide this from others and it creates a schism. Like if People only knew how I was really like. They would not love me. They would not like me. They would not want to be around me. And we're living in that kind of state between who we think we are and who we'd like to be. This this more ultimate version of ourselves. Who's thinner, who's cooler, more charismatic, smarter, funnier, fill in the herb word. And we just feel like we're not worthy of being loved. And if we build a house based on this foundation, our relationships suffer. Our children, our parents, our our employees, our boss, our clients, it all suffers because of this one rooted thing. That is 
in all of my years, I've been doing this activity for eight years. Legit my favorite superhero power. I'm not just telling you that. I, and I did not, I want, I want the Improve It fam soon to be named something different to know that I did not give you, this is like a pre thing. You just came up with that on the spot. That is the coolest answer I've ever heard. I also, wait, did we name it? Cause you said it was like this character. What, what is the name? We'll just call him Mr. Reflection. Mr. Reflection. Okay, I love it. And Mr. Reflection is wearing a fedora, which I greatly appreciate. Why the fedora? Can I ask why the oh, fedora? Oh, because I, I was visualizing Rorschach. Okay. Uh, that's do you, are you familiar with that character, Rorschach? Do you know when you said that? I go, mm-hmm, I'm not. I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, don't test my nerdology, my nerdiness. You know, <laughs> I, it, it goes deep. It runs deep in me. I have a different nerdology, but not in comics. There's there's other nerdisms. I go deep in comedy world, but I don't know this. So okay, so he he wears a fedora, so that's why we have this. So he, I'm I'm modeling after Rorschach because I was first like, what do you look okay. like? I'm a visual processor, so I'm like, let me work yeah. on the visuals first, and then I'm like, okay, so what are the powers? So Rorschach, this is his outfit. He's a really cool character. You can't see him. You don't know who he is, and he's he's got an ink blot for a face. And it changes depending on his mood or I don't know how the technology works, but it just changes. So it's like a different Rorschach. It could look like a butterfly. It could look like a skull. It could look like whatever. So that's the one part I would change. Here's the other thing too. When we try to communicate to people, we try to find an idea they already know. Unfortunately, you don't know this character. And then you just make one change. So it's not mm. all foreign and weird. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the foundation of, of, of connecting and building rapport. Find something they know and then connect it to something they don't know. That's what we call an improv. Yes. And. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look, here's an example. Here's why I know I think you need a stronger name for your community and crew. Give it to me. First of all, it should make people smile and it should provoke curiosity. Like it doesn't need to explain the whole thing. So what you need to do is you need to smash up two ideas. You need to misspell it. You got to do something weird, like how Geico has a gecko. So you can remember it's Geico. Yes. Right? Hey, okay. all right. So recently, recently, uh, I've been putting out things that relate to my last name. And somebody gave me the best one ever. And they said, Chris, we follow you everywhere. You can call me your disciple. <laughs> and I loved it. See, the, the community is much f- smarter than I am. So I'm just going to use that. Okay. And I would say to people, you know, I have a black belt in, in Dofu. Like, you know. I saw that too. It's my gonna, martial art. That's your martial art. Okay. Well, you know, I've got a punny last name. My dog's name is Big. Middle initials FN. What's my last name? Deal. You know mm-hmm. it. So I don't know. Maybe the, let's. Ideal. You got to work on that. I got to workshop this. Chris, I thought right now this was the brainstorm. I thought you were going to give me the name. I was so I excited. I've been but, working okay. on the background, but I don't have so many processors oh, here. Oh, <laughs> God. I gave you so many Easter eggs. Come on, Chris. I know. On, I know. I'm letting let's you down do here. Dang. No, you're doing amazing. You're doing amazing. But you know what? The family will, will show up. Yeah. Fam. Okay. And that's what we're going to use this episode to do. We're going we're gonna to create a new name. Something deal something improve because i did i did smile when you said disciple yeah i did so i need you're right i need to smile see it has that like oh that's funny yeah and i like it so yeah. it's the word disciple and you just change you just misspell it a little bit disciple okay i love this well we'll workshop it but i want to also ask you about something i read that you that you talk about a lot which is a big correlation to what we do at Improve It. So in improv, as you can see, the the people that listen to this show, I'm not going to say Improve It family, but there is a sign behind me that says fail. Yeah. And you talk a lot about looking at obstacles as opportunities. Improv, we say on stage, there are no mistakes. They're only gifts. Things that happen at work, they may look like the worst thing ever, but we should celebrate those failures. If we can celebrate those failures, we can see them as learning opportunities. So this is a loaded question. Okay. I know that this is something that... One bullet. One bullet. One, okay. What is the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome and, and what made you stronger? If you could pinpoint one thing... And it doesn't have to be in the past eight years. What would it be? 
Okay. It's a big question. It's a big one. And maybe you don't have, maybe this isn't the one, but it's something that sticks out. Oh, it's the one. Okay. I'm ready. one bull in the chamber. I got to deliver. Give it here. I think the biggest obstacle I've had to overcome, and you're going to hear recurring themes here, which is just finding my own voice in the world. And I'll tell you, so uh, I grew up, I'm a first generation immigrant. My parents are, and I'm from Saigon, Vietnam. English is my second language. You add into introversion, you add in the fact that in, in some schools that I went to, I was like one of two Asian people. And so I was confused a lot. Because I didn't understand that we were, I was born somewhere else. And why doesn't anybody look, sound like me? I don't understand this. And my parents couldn't help me most much because they're not of this culture. And they're busy working their tail off. And so, for a long time, I just really, really wanted to be invisible. Because I got, I got picked on. I got into fist fights with people. It, it was a rough thing. And, and you can see me. I'm not a big person. I'm five foot eight. You know, I'm 140 pounds and much smaller when I was younger. And so we moved around a lot too. So it became really difficult for me. I, I calculated at one point, I think it was like every uh, one and a half years, we either moved or I switched schools. So it didn't give me a great sense of community and putting my roots down. I don't have childhood friends for this reason. And I learned early on, don't be friends with that person because we're going to move. And so, I'd get to really know people and be accepted. And guess what? Mom, dad, we're moving. Oh, okay. So, I'm going throughout life like this. I'm, I'm into high school and I, somebody all wants to fight me. And I'm like, why do you want to fight me, man? Because, oh, you think you're too good for us. You want me to make eye contact. You understand? I don't make eye contact because I don't know what to say to you. I'm looking at the floor or the ceiling or the sky because I don't even know how to have dialogue with people. So, it's been a lifelong journey up until this point. Like, who am I? And I just want to find one thing that I can build my identity on. And luckily for me, senior year in high school, my younger brother's wrestling coach, his name is Rudy. And he's like, doesn't your brother draw or something? Like, does he want a job being a designer? Heck yeah. I don't even know what that word is. So, I get this job. I'm, I'm totally un, unqualified to do this work, but I, I get this job at a t-shirt company and they, they do sales screening there. And I start to get introduced to this world of design and they're, they're professional people who do design as a service. And I had never seen this before and it changes my life. I, I then make up my mind to go to Art Center. I, I get my degree in graphic design. I learn about typography and I start to build my identity around graphic design. So, for two decades, anybody asked me a question, what are you? What do you do? I'm like, I'm a graphic designer. I would just fall back on that all the time. That's my rock. But then I, later on, I started to realize, what do graphic designers do? They design graphics. An interior designer designs interiors. A product designer designs products. But now I feel like I've outgrown this label. Because graphics are things that you see and you look at and they're manipulated. So, it's like, I don't do that anymore. That's why I also put in my title, I'm a recovering graphic designer. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, finding my own voice. And I just want to make sure that everybody that, who can listen to this, wherever you are in your journey, where, where you're at the beginning, the middle, or you've overcome that part, finding who you are, your self-worth, building self-esteem. It's a really critical part to developing you as a whole person. So, here's the thing. I, I think I made this up because I, I don't remember reading this anywhere. When we seek validation from others, we're going to try to fill a hole that can never be filled. It's a bottomless pit. I'm just letting you know right now. It's a ditch that never ends. But when we learn to accept ourselves for who we are, we will feel whole. And there's a big difference there. It's seismic. And I'm just going to park it there. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to keep the car and park. I'm going to turn off the car cuz key drop. That was amazing. That was truly thank you for sharing that story because I really think a lot of people listening will resonate with that and you have really taken what was a lot of hardship and obstacles and you have 
as Beyonce would say, you have made lemon aid out of those lemons. And I, I also moved around a lot. I, you had a lot of things going on. There are lots of layers, but it is very hard in your formative years to feel safe and secure. And then also just feel like, you know, you're constantly adapting, you're constantly changing your, and but what I think I've I've really seen that through line is through that you found this Chris discipleship. You found this person who really knows who they are, a dad, a husband, a recovering graphic designer. All of those things make you so wonderful at what you do. And they make you so special to teach because you can't teach unless you have fully gone through some of these things. And I really think a lot of people are grateful that you that you share those experiences. I know it's the through line of a lot of things that you do. So I, I also saw, Chris, I saw a talk. I was doing my research and I saw you were talking about overcoming obstacles. And you said, why do some people look like maybe she's born with it? Or maybe it's just a Maybelline ad. But I love that so much. You are comedian. Uh, Okay. So if you could leave this audience no longer named the Improvement Family. Formerly known as. (laughs) You're now Prince. Your name is Prince. Um, Okay. So if you could give this formerly known as Improvement Fam just last parting words of wisdom what would it be from Chris straight from Chris Doe to you? What would it be? Okay. Actionable things. Now Uh, I want all of you to think about um, somebody that you're extremely grateful for someone who's helped you in your time of need, someone who's never doubted you uh, just unconditional love and support. And I want you to imagine them in your mind right now to visualize this person. Like their scent, how they wear their hair what their favorite scarf shirt is. I want you to really visualize this because it's important for you to start to feel this and let the positivity emanate out from your your mind, your body, and just let that aura go. And I want you to write them like a love letter in your mind. Just say, I so appreciate you for these things and just go down and just let it flow, right? And I just want you to project this energy. If you move your mouth, if you say it out loud, that's okay. And there's this thing where when we're grateful for others, we start to become more grateful for ourselves and it starts to change your state. Like if I move around my life and I say, I hate this thing, I hate going to work. You know what? It's going to impact your performance. If you're like, I hate mowing the lawn, you're not going to enjoy one second of that and you're not going to be able to smell the grass. You're not going to be able to see... The, the insects and hear the chirping of the birds and feeling the sun and the breeze on your face. You're not going to feel any of that because your state is one that's negative. But if you start to have a different relationship, if you start to tell yourself a different story, and you reframe it in a positive light. Like I get to have a lawn, which means I have a home and I have enough money to buy a lawnmower. I, I get to do this. It is a privilege to be able to do this. It starts to change your relationship. And now when you're out there, you might contemplate the meaning of your life and the direction that you're heading in. And you can have a much more positive relationship. And so what I want you to do is to think about this person, visualize them and write this imaginary love letter, thanking them for everything. Just filled with gratitude. You're filling up to the top. So it just it's coming out of your pores. Now, if you want to, and you don't need to do this next part, you could write them a note. Just committing ideas into something that's tangible, the transformation of all those electrical impulses out of your body, translate onto a piece of paper, reinforces that. Like when, when your hand moves a, a pen or a pencil and the letters form, it's translating this. So you're experiencing it, I don't know, two times, four times. I don't know. There's something there. And send it off and don't even expect a response. Next, uh, if you want to take it to the next level, you would call them. You're like, you know what? Whoever this person is, I haven't talked to you in so long. And I was just thinking about you today. And 
how grateful I am for to have you in my life, how much I appreciate you, and then give them a few detailed things so they know. First of all, they're going to walk away from that call just beaming, glowing, floating that day. And it's going to remind them of their humanity and what it means to be in this world that it's not just about us, but the lives that we impact, the lives that we touch. But just saying it out loud allows you to relive it again. It reinforces it so it becomes very real. Now, I'm just going to take one breath. Just let you think about that because there's a little twist here. So here's a twist. Aaron, when I was asking you to do this, to visualize this person, were you playing along? Were you thinking about somebody? I sure was. And I, you know what? I was thinking too about your Jose and your Rudy, you know, the people in your life. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a person. I okay, can do okay. This, this yeah. is very good. Now, I'm going to ask your audience this question. How many people, and if you're driving, pull over on the side of the road here. We don't want anyone to get into an accident. How many people imagine and visualize themselves? Mm, you just put the car in park again. You see, whenever I do this exercise, very few people think themselves. Mm. We don't take credit for anything. If anything good happens, oh, I was lucky, someone helped me, right place, right time, or I don't know why anyone would ever do this, or I, I take no credit. So we have this story inside of our head that was put in there from our parents because every time we did something great, like, oh, I'm doing so well in school, mom and dad. Like, hey, 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 pull that down a notch. Don't get too big for your britches. You know, tall poppy syndrome and all, and we get cut down. And so we start to repeat this behavior in our own mind. And so we never take credit for anything. And then we're walking around feeling like an imposter. It's no surprise to me. So, I'm going to find this thing here really quick. But it was about learning to thank yourself. I got, well, while you're finding it, let me just tell you, that was mind blowing. I mean, truly, because I'm sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, let me, I'm thinking of my best friend. I'm thinking of my husband. I'm, you know, I'm thinking of these people. And then, truly, if I were to do this in reverse, if I were to reverse everything, all of the steps and do this to myself. My first thought was, oh, does she, does she deserve that? Like I kind of thought that in my mind, I was like, oh, and I, and then I, I sort of had this moment of, well, okay. Working through that of yes, yes, you do. And how different that would feel. Cause I feel like I do a good job of being grateful ex for external things, but I don't, do a good job of being grateful for the things that make me, me. Do you know what I mean? Right. I know exactly what you mean. So here's what I do. Like when I'm working late at night and I do something and it's just small victories, we start small. And when I do something, I just quickly snap out of that. I'm like, that was really good. Man, you've worked at this, Chris. Yeah. That is really cool. How did you know how to do? Oh, you've been reading. Oh, you've been working on this for a while. And I do this all the time. Genius. Honestly, did you find did you find your thing that you were looking? I did, and I'm ready to share it with you. Okay, sh share me, share with me, share with the audience. I'm going to share two things with you and your audience. Okay, so everybody, just get yourself in a comfortable state, relax. Okay, let the words seep into your subconscious. You've got this. Let it it, it fill your body, your heart, your soul, and your spirit. There's two things I want to share. One, this this uh, speech went viral. It was by Snoop Dogg and he was standing there at the podium and it's called his thank me speech, which is part of one of his rap songs, I believe. Okay. So it's hilarious, right? But as you listen to like, why don't we all do this? Why is this an anomaly and not the standard? So he's up there and he says, last but not least, I want to thank me. I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. I want to thank me for having no days off. I want to thank me for never quitting. I want to thank me for always being a giver and trying to give more than I receive. 
I want to thank me for trying to do more right than wrong. I want to thank me for just being me at all times. Snoop Dogg, you a bad mother trucker. (laughs) And I love that so much. I love that. And I know that that little voiceover has gone crazy on Instagram. I want to thank me for that. Chris, I'm truly blown away by that because I really do feel like I make an attitude of gratitude a practice in my day-to-day. I've tried to make it a thing in my son's life. And you know what we don't do is we don't say, what are, we always say at dinner, what are you grateful for? We never say, what about you are you grateful for? And I think that in itself, that I'm so happy you shared that because that self-work is what has literally put you on this microphone time after time. And that self-work is what gets you back on that microphone time after time. And it's that self-work that helps other people believe in themselves and take that superhero power and really embody it. That combined with Mr. Reflection are two of the best things that I have heard in a very long time. So I want to say thank you for that. Thank you. I have one more thing to share with you. Share it. So, yeah, we we are in a culture where where where, where modesty and humility are virtues, and and people who think too highly of themselves are cut down all the time. And I got into a little discussion about this with my wife, and I posit this as an argument: if I did not love myself, if I did not feel I was worthy of being loved you would have to spend most of your energy feeling that for me, which leaves you little for yourself. So I think we need to stop for a minute and not question this. We should be supporting this idea. The most attractive people, in my opinion, aren't the ones who have all these material things who are flaunting it and being loud and sucking up all the oxygen in the room. They're the ones that walk around with a quiet confidence, self-assured, completely comfortable in their own skin. So if you transmit this energy where you're unsure and you're always fidgeting and doubting yourself, is that client going to award you that gig? Maybe because your work is not good. But I think it has to begin from the inside. I don't think I'm a particularly attractive person, but people are attracted to me because at some point in my life, I figured out this is me. I'm giving you the best of me, all of me. And if it's not enough, I don't know what to do for you, friend. But I don't have to be all things to all people. Hmm. So, so when I give this exercise, of course, no one writes the letter to themselves. Very rarely. And then I say, here's a letter I wrote to myself. But it's for you. So here's the letter. I see you. The real you. And I accept and appreciate all of who you are. You don't need to be any more or any less to be enough for me. I just wanted to remind you in case you get lost or forget. I am your number one fan and will always be here for you. This is my letter from me to you. Mm. Okay, well... Nobody knows that I can see you looking directly at me right now. And I feel like that was directly to me, but it was to everybody. And I have tears in the retina because, Chris, that is beautiful. That is what we need more of. And it goes back to Mr. Reflection. You are showing them the mirror that you see. And a lot of times, I think in my own head, I I forget how others see me. I feel like a lot of people listening forget how others see them. And we're just more than one thing. We're more than just a graphic designer. We are human beings. We are parents. We are siblings. We are bosses. We are aunts, uncles. We are all the things. And so reminding ourselves of that and then you giving us that gift of our presence is truly remarkable. I want to thank you so much for giving this space today, for giving this this loud extrovert an opportunity to talk to you and for you to share this wisdom that you have been gaining, that you 
so beautifully share with your audience here on our show. So tell me and tell our tell our soon to be named a diff, formerly the Improve It family where they can find you if they want to know more about Krista. Where do they go? What do they do? Being that I'm a loud introvert, I try to make it very easy for you to find me so I don't have to learn how to develop social skills. So if you search anywhere on any social platform, I'm at the Chris Doe, and Doe is spelled D-O. Yes. We're going to link to all your links in the show notes. I have to say, Chris, this was truly a joy. And I, I know that one billion people who get to hear your story are the luckiest people in the whole world. So thank you, friend. Thanks for coming on our show. Thanks for just being you. And thanks for putting your your light and your gifts into the world. Thank you very much, Aaron, for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Okay. I felt like I laughed, I cried, and I went through a roller coaster of emotions. But through the roller coaster, the one thing that I kept coming back to was how awesome is Christo? Such a great guy. And he really teaches from this place of he has to learn and master these skills, and then he will teach you these skills, which is what any amazing teacher does. So that exercise that he took us through at the very end is your homework. You know, I like to give you a tangible. But instead of writing that letter to the person that you find super supportive. So when he flipped the script on us and said, have you ever considered writing that letter to yourself? I want you to take that and do it. Do it. Take time today, sometime this week, sit down and write a love letter to you. I want you to, this is yes anding yourself first and foremost, but it is a opportunity to appreciate you, to really get to value yourself because in that value of you, you are able to communicate that value to others. What he talked about his superhero power, Mr. Reflection. I mean, look at yourself. Really look at you and appreciate the things that make you great because that is how the world sees you. That is how the world sees you. And that letter that Chris read to us at the end, which I was, I was physically looking at him and I had tears in my eyes, is how others see us. We are so many things to so many people. If you're a parent, your life is so important to your children. If you are a leader, the way that you come across their day-to-day is so important to your team. If you're an aunt, an uncle, oh my gosh, think about the nieces and nephews who love you and appreciate you and smile when you walk into the room. And if you are a friend, which we are all a friend to someone, think about how your best friends think about you the love that they feel when they see your name come up. I want you to really take time to see yourself and the way that they see you. So take that time, write that letter. And if you have the courage, share it with me at info at learntoimproveit.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram or any direct message on LinkedIn. But I really want you to do this. And also with this, we are going to rename you because Chris said it needs to make you smile. So I'm going to make sure that we smile every time you hit play on this show. So send me an email or a DM with your suggestion for what this community can be called. Chris Doe is making magic over on in history on the Improve It podcast. So, so grateful, so lucky for him. And I'm also internally grateful that this show exists. I'm going to give myself some love and practice what I preach. Aaron, this show is amazing. It has the ability to change lives. You have the courage to create it, to plug in a microphone, to sit at your computer 
to talk to people all over the world. And it's through that courage that you were able to have this conversation today. And you were hopefully able to give others the confidence and the positive energy that they need to see in themselves. So they can give to all of those people who see them as the coolest person ever. I love you. And I'm saying that to you, formerly known as the Improve It family, but I'm also saying it to myself. Keep failing, keep improving, because the world needs that special it that only you can bring. See you next time. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Improve It. I am so happy you were along for the ride. If you enjoyed this show, head on over to iTunes to leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Now, if you're really feeling today's show and you've improved it even just a little bit, please take a screenshot and tag me at Keeping It Real Deal on Instagram and share it in your stories. I'll see you next week, but I I want to leave you with this thought. What did you improve today and how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I am rooting for you and the world needs that special it that only you can bring. See you next time.